Hi, thanks for joining us today. This is Bonnie Wallace, author of The Hollywood Parents Guide. And today my guest on this podcast is Anne Kenry. Anne is one of the founders of the nonprofit Biz Parents Foundation, which is an incredible resource for parents of young actors and for young actors in general. Biz Parents provides education, advocacy, and charitable support to parents and kids in the entertainment industry. Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bonnie. It's good to be here. Oh, it is so good to have you here. I, you know, I just want to thank you, first of all, for what you've contributed to my family. When we first moved down here five years ago and I was starting from scratch, I think I looked to your website more than any other place to get solid, true information, and it helped me out time after time after time. So thank you. Oh, thanks. That's, that's good to hear. I mean, we... For us, that was really what it was all about. We were, my kids are a little bit older than yours, so um, it was definitely a you know, labor of love as far as all the mistakes we made and hoping that other people don't have to make them. <laughs> well, is, is that how you got started as an advocate for young actors and their families, because, because you had a kid who was an actor? Yes, actually. Um, how this all began was my, I have three children, um, all professional actors, and um, one of them at the time was in about, this would be circa 2000, um, was performing in Disneyland every day in a live show at the um, California Adventure. There's a Broadway theater there. And he was performing there. And one of my um, other performer parents, Paula Dorn, also had a son that was about the same age. And um, the two of us would sit on set um, waiting for our kids to be done with their five shows a day and their schooling. <laughs> And um, we would um, talk about the business. And, and about that time, they were redoing the Coogan Laws, and, which is the trust mm-hmm. account laws related to child actors. And we realized then that there was really nobody for parents to check with and see, like, what are we even supposed to be doing with this? What is, how do you do it? What is this, the, the bank account things and all that? You know, when laws are changing, how does anyone even know that that's happened? So we really started Biz Parents, um, the two of us, as a, an email list. I mean, back then it was, you know, the Internet was very young. Um, there weren't, you know, websites like there are today for everything. It was, it was very raw. Um, but we found a few parent message boards and started to connect, and we were invited to serve on the Screen Actors Guild Young Performers Committee nationally. And that's when we realized, oh, there's a big bunch of stuff here that that people are doing without parents even knowing it's happening. So we used our position then to share what was going on um, with the labor unions and national laws as well. That's incredible. You know, speaking of laws, your work has actually resulted in some new laws being passed to protect child actors, um, including the Breakthrough Child Performer Protection Act. Uh, which is so new that a lot of people don't even know about it yet. Can you tell us a little bit about this law? Sure. Um, That law was um, born out of our concern for child performer safety. Um, As we started BizParents with things like business, it was very business-oriented, you know, how to open a bank account, how to manage your child's money. Um, It quickly turned into parents contacting us with other issues. And one of the issues they talked to us about was um, predators pedophilia and awful things like that, that we had never even heard of. I didn't even know what the word pedophilia even meant. Um, So as we went through the years and started to see the internet was affecting that a lot, um, we were seeing our children's pictures being sold on eBay. 
Um, we were seeing predators being able to get hold of kids online when they never had been able to get that close to a celebrity before. So there was some things changing in the world that forced us to consider safety a lot more than we ever would have. So we started with that law, which would require fingerprints for um, anyone working with a young performer. It's something we enjoy in schools all the time. We assume that our teacher's children have been fingerprinted and that they're not sex offenders. And we assume that, you know, Boy Scout leaders or, um, you know, the parks and rec people or the daycare providers that our children have, um, we just assume that that's all been done because there were already laws about that. But child performers didn't have that law. For us, it was different because we were actually employing some of the service providers. So people that were like photographers or acting coaches or um, people who might, you know, have access to our kids and we actually purchased their services for a career, they weren't getting fingerprinted. So this law makes it so that it does two things. It requires them to get fingerprints if they work with children in California. And it makes it an extra crime if a registered sex offender were to work in Hollywood um, so that if a bad guy happened to slip through the cracks and, and do something bad, um, we, we would make sure that they had an extra level of sentencing and, and another crime they can be charged with. I like that. Um, so I've noticed, like I actually, I went online and I, I researched some people that I know are legit. Um, which to the extent that anybody can know anything like <laughs> that. Um, and I didn't find them on the list of people who'd like signed up and gotten the premise. And I'm just thinking, you know, this probably, this law is so new. There's probably a lot of legit professionals who still don't have that permit. And so now we're in this funny, funny gray area where, okay, just because you don't have a permit doesn't mean that, you know, you're a sex offender or you, you have, you know, legal issues with children. It's like, what do you do about that? Like, if you find that your, your manager or your photographer isn't covered, what do you suggest parents do? That's a great question because you're right on the money with where we're at with that law. Um, and, and it was a revelation to us that sometimes when a law happens, unless if it's not a law that the police would run around enforcing, <laughs> you know, then, then mm -hmm. what happens? Um, this is a criminal law, so people can go to jail if they don't have it. Um, but realistically, you're right, there's a learning curve. So um, we suggest that parents do that checking, double-check the people that you work with, and then approach them and say, hey, I heard you're supposed to have this permit. Have you heard of that? And if they say, no, I don't know anything about it, um, then we ask people to refer them to the BizParents page or to the De Department of Labor, which is where they get this permit from. Um, and we'll say there's, they have an FAQ page on the Department of Labor that tells them how to do it and who has to do it. And then we tell them, you know, you really need to do that before I'll feel comfortable working with you. You know, I can't wait to start your class, but, you know, could you work on that for me and, and let us know when that happens, that you've accomplished all those steps. Because um, it is important. And like really that. in our case, you know, kids are really, it, parents and kids are really the only ones left to enforce it until something goes south. And then it's really bad. So nobody wants it to get there. We, we hope to be a little proactive about it. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's such a great law. And, you know, there is the learning curve and there's the information curve, you know, with all these professionals, you know, who may not have even, like it just hasn't even shown up on their radar yet. And I think it can be really uncomfortable sometimes for a parent to approach a professional that, 
you know, maybe they're already a little, a little intimidated by them. Like this guy has a great name. He's a big deal or whatever. And you're like, um, you're supposed to have this permit that you don't have. But the truth is, if you, if you approach it with the framework, like, you know, you're actually required to have this permit. Did you know that? You know, you can actually get in trouble if you're practicing without this permit. Let me, let me help you get this information because you, you need to have this. Yeah. Um, you're kind of doing them a favor. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other thing, when I talk to professionals about it, because we have them come to this parents pretty often, usually when a parent has done that, Mm -hmm. they'll come to us and say, hey, I talked to this parent. Is this true? What do you think I have to do? Do you have a way for me to help? You know, can you help us get this done? Yeah. Um, When they do that, usually the good guys want to do it. They they really do. They just don't know how to, it's, you know, that's not their business usually. You know, they have, they have a whole array of their business that they're doing. And this is just like one of those sideline things, but they want to do the right thing. So we usually tell them, you know, yeah, you have to do it, and we know you're a good guy. And our hope is that all the good guys will be on the list and that it will stop the bad guys in our industry. They all know there's bad guys. You know, and we say, no, Mm -hmm. it's not you we're after, you see. We're trying to get this to be the good guy list, and we want you to be on the good guy list. So if, you know, if you can help us get through this, of course, you know, everybody's heard of a negative you know, something in the news, they've heard about an acting coach, and there's been a few just lately, um, you know, that have done some horrible things. And so they're aware that there's bad guys out there, and they don't want them in their industry either. Well, I think, you know, in a way, it's sort of like when when seatbelts became mandatory, you know, a long time ago now, but, you know, I mean, people didn't generally wear seatbelts, even though they were in the cars. I mean, they weren't even in the cars sometimes, but then it's like, okay, it's mandatory, you're going to get a ticket, you know, there's a learning curve, then you all get used to it, then it's the new normal. And so, you know, I think what will happen is this permit will become the new normal and everybody will just check for it. And then pretty soon, most people will have it. And if you don't, that will then, you know, tip people off that you may have a problem. Absolutely. I mean, we hope so. so. We hope that's our goal. I mean, that's that's really exactly the right, um, you know, metaphor for that. You know, we've talked about car seats sometimes and think, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, car seats were pretty new when my kids were little. You know, before that, they, right, yeah, they just wrapped me in a car in a seatbelt when I was little. There was no car seat, you know. So now it's totally normal, and people absolutely know what to do. So we hope that turns out to be the case with ours. Yeah, I'm excited, and you know, I can't even imagine what kind of work it took to pass a law like this with you know all of the different interests at play. But but really, thank you for that. And the more people hear about it, you know, the more it'll it'll get out there. I actually. I had a list of photographers that, that had been vetted by a, um, a talent agency, you know, photographers they'd worked with this before that they recommended. And I started looking up all their names, and most of them weren't on there. And I just thought, oh, people have work to do to comply with this law. But it's new, and, uh, and it'll happen. And I'm really, really happy that it's out there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, Related to the law, um, I recently attended a screening, thank you to you, of, of the powerful and, you know, frankly disturbing documentary, An Open Secret. Um, and it exposes the really uncomfortable but important subject of pedophilia in the entertainment industry. What was your organization's role with that movie? Um, that movie was, um, again, it was it was something our, we never envisioned doing as showbiz parents. I mean, we were we were very much about the business aspects and about, you know, every day going to set, going to auditions, dealing with our kids' education. And then along the way, this issue kept creeping in, and, and we'd hear reports about it, and then people started to tell us more about it. And like I mentioned before, we, we suddenly came upon some eBay sales, and then we realized 
this was very, very close to us. There were people that we thought were legitimate that had been referred by agents, that managers, photographers, acting coaches that were, we knew them. Our kids had met some of them, and we'd even had them, you know, some of these men that took our kids' pictures then were are, are in the movie now. <laughs> so there were some things then that we started to go, oh, wow, okay, nothing's happened to our kids, but this is darn close and really scary. So we started to keep little files um, when parents would call and say, I feel icky about this or I had a bad experience, but I don't want to report it. And we started to do research and we kept files on all kinds of people and all kinds of issues. And even when there was nothing we could do about it or no way that we could help the family, we at least kept a scribble in a, on a post-it note in a file somewhere. Um, so around, let's see, it would be about three years ago now, um, a production company approached us and said, hey, we're, we're thinking that we're going to do a movie about pedophilia, and we understand you guys are, are kind of the go-to um, experts on this subject. Is there anything you can do to help us? And at that point, Paula and I decided we were going to give them our files and ha just literally hand them boxes of files, um, knowing that we had not had a chance to digitize any of them, and that was making it very difficult for our organization to search for information. It had gotten so voluminous that we couldn't keep up with it. So we traded um, their interns and their research to add to ours, and we handed them probably, I'd say mm, it was probably a good nine banker box file drawers kind of things full of papers mm. and thousands what? and thousands of electronic files. Yeah. Un and they un <sighs> yeah, it's shocking that, it, that that even existed, right, that we even had that much. It was shocking to us as well. Um, but it was, it, it was, there was a lot of things that were related. It's like a big web. It wasn't necessarily like, here's a bad guy. It was more like, hey, that talent competition in Florida, and there's all these people running it. At some point, because someone had been scammed out of money, we would research these people and find that they had been doing other bad things in addition to the, to the money scam. Um, so they would be in the files as well. So there was a lot of like peripheral stuff. Um, and then occasionally we had cases where studios would, had called us and said, do you know anything about this guy? We had an issue on set. Um, we had parents have to get, you know, people taking pictures on set in the extras tent. <laughs> you know, it's crazy stuff. That All those were just little notes that we had in a file. So we gave that all to Disarming once we had um, vetted them, of course, and, and we had many, many meetings for us to feel comfortable with that because it, it felt like we were giving up our soul, <laughs> you know. But we mm -hmm. knew as an organization we never could do the education that would do this justice. You know, we just didn't have the money or the, um, the research capability that a production company of, of Amy Berg's level would have. I mean, she had already done... Um, a couple of movies about the general topic of pedophilia, so she got it already, um, and she had, uh, you know, great financial backing, so she could hire people and experts and private investigators to supplement our research, and they took our stuff and they made made it into an incredible film. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a film that has stuck with me. It's um. It's so disturbing. I mean, it, if you're fortunate, you don't know much about it. <laughs> yes, but yeah. the truth is, as, as parents of kids in the industry, you basically owe it to your children to educate yourself about this. I mean, there was stuff I just could hardly even wrap my brain around. But ignorance is, is not bliss. 
in this case. Ignorance is dangerous, and you really, you know, most people in the world, and similarly, most people in the industry, I believe, are good people. You know, most people are good people. Most people would never, ever, ever think of, you know, doing these awful, awful things. Um, but there's enough of them out there. And, and unfortunately, this industry, and, and one of the things that the movie makes so clear, it's got such a sort of siren call. It's so, the possibility of, of you know, making it big or whatever is so intoxicating to children and to parents alike. The parents, will make decisions that they would not make under other circumstances that, you know, like all the parents who leave their underage children with, with practically strangers in LA so that they can continue to audition while the parents go home. You would never do that under a normal circumstance, but your head gets turned by like, Oh my gosh, I think they're about to make it or whatever. And so you, you bend your, you bend your judgment. And I think this happens to a lot of people and that's part of where, things can go really wrong. You know, you want to believe that something's about to happen. You want to believe that what they're telling you is true. And so you, you, you turn a blind eye to some of the other information you may be getting. Absolutely. I think that one of the, the beautiful parts of the film was that they didn't vilify parents. They, they, uh, they mm-hmm. got it. That when you, you meet those families in the film and, and it opens with a, a couple that is so Midwest pure, it's amazing. I mean, they're just the sweetest little couple. And it talks about, you know, their, their high school love affair and, you know, sweetheart married for, you know, 30 years, have these wonderful kids. And, and how normal people that just get touched by, you know, their child's dreams and, and how normal people want to help their kid. And it might, for us, it was, you know, it, for us, it was acting. But some people, it might be, you know, that they hope their kid's going to be a major league baseball player. Their kid turns out to be a really talented mm-hmm. ice skater, and they send them to Colorado Springs for that. Or they send them to Bella Carolis for gymnastics. Or, you know, there's all kinds of, you know, even National Spelling Bee people, you know, they send their kids to coaches for this. Um, all, all those really intense, gifted children have parents that love them, and they're just normal parents for the most part. They're not crazy, fame-seeking Kardashians. You know, they're, they're normal people who had something enter their life that twisted their values just a smidge. And, and like you said, mm-hmm. they might, it might be just a little compromise about education. It might have been a little compromise about, you know, who you left your kid with or that you let the manager take them to an audition or two or five or ten, and that seemed normal. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're, you've, you've changed the way that you parent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just It was... Really uh, Go ahead. Um, it's just tough. It's tough to watch, you know. It's tough. it's tough when you see those families because it's nice for all of us to imagine that the people who fall prey to bad guys are you know, somehow deserved it or that you can control it. You know, you, you want to say it's other people. It's something happened to other people because they were stupid. <laughs> and, and then when you see the film, you go, oh, wow, they're not so stupid. They just, they just did something. No. They just made one wrong turn, you know? These are smart, normal people who love their kids and they're not crazy. And, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, a single 
decision that just that might have gone fine but didn't, you know. <laughs> right. And that's part of what's so so powerful and, and chilling about it. And this is a conversation that is so uncomfortable. People don't want to talk about this. It's awful. You know, it's it's pretty taboo, but we, we ignore it at our children's peril. And and another thing that I really was strongly um left with at the end of that film was, you know, if we don't if we don't identify these people when, you know, a lot of people in this town know who the bad guys are, you know, and, and if, if, if somebody doesn't step up and say something and do something, it just continues and more kids get hurt, you know, which is not acceptable. Right. It's definitely the, the talking about it, even if it's not, um, you know, we, we all say, oh, gossip, you know, and, and that's sadly one of the stereotypes of stage parents is that they'll say, oh, it's the mommy mafia, and it's those stage parents that are all yippy-yapping on set. And that's really easy to vilify parents like that, but that stereotype contributes to parents not wanting to say anything to each other. They don't want to talk about some of the uncomfortable things. And, and it's too bad because, you know, that we're responding to somebody's stereotype of us, and, and unfortunately we're missing some really important information that isn't the kind that you're going to just Google and find probably. You know, there's this, this kind of stuff yeah. doesn't just show up on a Google search. It's something you would probably hear from another parent who'd had a bad experience or somebody who knew somebody. Um, but, yeah, lots of people know, and, and lots of people haven't said anything. So, you know, we're hoping that the film at least will start a conversation. Um, you, you know, and we'll say, oh, yeah, I knew that guy. You know what, I had a bad feeling about him too. You know, I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that in tandem with the child performer services permit, um, I think we'll we'll do a lot toward keeping our kids safer safer as we move forward. Um, and you mentioned a few minutes ago that there was often a correlation that some of these same people are involved in in financial scams that end up on these other lists like there's something else going on as well. Um, scams are such a huge problem, and those parents has been working hard to fight, you know, on behalf of all of us for a long time. What are some of the best ways the parents can spot a scam, and how can they best protect themselves and their kids? From uh, that's a, yeah, that's a great question. They have, um, yeah, related to the predators, the predators are predators. It's, it's kind of a personality right. profile, you know. Um, and sometimes they're predators of sex, but more often they're predators of money, and sometimes those cross over. Um, I think that the best way parents can keep their kids safe, very first rule is never let your kids be alone, ever, like no matter what. There's no sending your kid off to Hollywood for pilot season with someone else. Um, there's no, no, there's just no way that that is ever okay, <laughs> even no matter what people tell you, bad idea. Um, I think that um, beyond that, researching people, you know, Google is your friend, try not just one person, but really researching. Nowadays, so much of this information is online. So if you were to Google, say, talentcompetition.com, I'm making up a name because I'm not going to pick on anybody, but um, talentcompetition.com, and then you add the word scam or complaint or ripoff, and you start to see pages of stuff come up, you know, you don't need to go there. Find some other way to do this. There's those, those kinds of business models are not normal Hollywood. Um, one of the laws we worked on before the Child Performer Protection Act that had to do with fingerprints was a law about talent scams, and it was it's called mm-hmm. the Krikorian Act, and it is also a California law. The key about that one that was really important was that we had absolutely 
unanimous industry support. The, the Screen Actors Guild sponsored it, the Talent Managers Association, the Talent Agents Association, the MPAA in every studio. Disney testified for this. They were there to say, we don't do business with these people. You, they're telling you they're Disney, that, that there's a Disney you know, a, a component to their competition. They're telling you this is the way to get on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon. They're lying. That, that isn't the way it is. <laughs> so, you know, if you're from yeah. Omaha and you hear that, instead of saying, oh, Disney, let me run down there, you probably should be saying, that's probably not true. That's probably the mark of a scam, maybe. I should check that out a little more. Um, because all that stuff is online now. It's, it's tougher. You know, it's not, it's not an easy search. But before you plunk down money for anything, definitely do research. Um, but again, like having, leaving your kid never, ever, ever leaving your kid alone is probably number one because then you hear everything and you don't have manipulative types of people, predators, influencing your child with their opinions or, or what they're going to say. I mean, the worst thing is to have to say no to your kid. So you want to always mm -hmm. be there when other people are talking to your kid and, and telling them how the industry is. <laughs> you know, that's it's important <laughs> for parents to hear that, you know, so they're not – you know, you don't have someone telling your kid, oh, my God, you know, you're going to be a star, you know, when, right. when maybe, you know, because they do tell you that. I mean, they and, and parents, you know, when you're in when you're in another part of the country, especially, you don't you don't know that they do this every weekend. And they told that to 100 kids and that even when you get to L.A., there's going to be 20,000 kids. There's 20,000 kids on L.A. casting, which is our little, um, you oh. know, uh, online submission system that agents use. 20,000 that have agents <laughs> in L.A. Yeah. I mean, there's already a big, big market here. They're not out there looking in Kentucky for, you know, the next star. So Yeah, there's not a shortage. <laughs> yeah, there's no shortage. And that's not to say that your kid can't have a dream and that they're not gifted and talented, but there's a, there's a difference in going about it saying, I'm going to seek this out versus taking what people drop in your lap, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, you know, legit, legit businesses can have a few, you know, bitter complaints. You know, there's, there's, sometimes they're, they're put up by competition and they'll say, oh, these people are horrible. They ripped me off. And it's like, if there's only a couple like that, you can go, okay, well, maybe in a grain of salt. But if there's a bunch of it and it's consistent, you know, that's just yeah, a total red exactly. flag. Exactly. Two or three, you go, eh, any more than that. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, something, there's, there's, there's something wrong about this. And it doesn't mean you have mm -hmm. to crucify those people. It just means, okay, maybe this was good. You know, when people say they've been approached in, in a mall or Target or whatever, I, I usually tell them, you know what, if your kid is excited about this and you had, you know, then maybe you look at this like, wow, this was something I didn't know my kid would be interested in. And maybe you pursue it in a, in a safer way now that you know that, yeah, maybe this is fun. And maybe this is something my kid yeah. might be really good at. You know, but it doesn't mean exactly. you have to pay the person who approached you in Target. Yes, yeah. and if you're approached in a shopping mall, which is a classic, classic thing, and, and your kid does get all excited, then maybe, you know, sign them up for acting classes at the local theater. You know? Exactly, <laughs> get, get exactly. Get going in a legit way, um, and then see if that interest continues or if it was, like, exciting for that weekend when they got, you know, the prospect of being a star and then really the real work of it exactly. wasn't really to their liking. And I know you know this, you know, obviously you know this because of Dove, but isn't it, it's way different than the, the, the glittery fame you thought. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, oh, right? I, I can't. 
<laughs> it's so much work. And people don't see the work. They just see they see the result. They see the red carpet. They see the magazine stuff. They see everything that's shiny and exciting about it. But the work is the work is so real, and it's um, it's it's so serious. It, it's so much work. If you don't love it, it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you love it, then it's great. You're you're doing what you love. You know, it just doesn't get better than that. But um, yeah, yeah but the day to day is like, just overwhelmingly hard. And mm-hmm. you know, not that we're not all grateful for it. It's not that that it's not that you that you don't recognize how blessed you are, but it's still a lot of work. And I think that for most kids, when they go to an acting class or they do a local theater production, they they see a little glimpse of the volume of work. And the kids that are a not really glimpse, really yeah. into it. You know, that's when that's when kind of the rubber meets the road. And you go, oh well, Susie tried it, and it was fun once, but oh, I ain't doing those rehearsals till eleven o'clock at night anymore. <laughs> you know, you realize that maybe yeah, for your family five, six, structure, seven, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And I it's would, like that's way would, better to find out then. Oh, find it out when you're still home. I was I was on set um, a short while ago um, for a living Maddie taping with with a friend whose uh, son is just starting to get into the business and. Uh, they were watching filming for three or four hours with me as, as my guest. And she turned to me and she said, you know, I am getting an appreciation for the serious work that this is. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. see, it took five days to shoot a 24-minute show. It's like five yeah. days for 24 minutes. It's crazy, you know. Yeah, I remember um, a few years back, my daughter was doing a feature film, and she worked for 10 weeks straight, six days a week. And (laughs) friends of mine were saying, oh, you know, it's like I would, I would, I was literally telling people, would anybody take her to set, please? I just need like a a break. And my friends thought I was out of my mind. You know, they were like, oh my gosh, it'll be so fun. I'm telling you one day, they all lasted one day (laughs) because they were like, oh my gosh, that was so stressful. And oh my gosh. And you know, she has to do this and she has to do that. And then they make you do it 20 billion times over and then you have to wait for two hours. And then, you know, and it was like, yeah, that's, that's her days, you know, and the adults and the, you know, no, she has to act like an adult and she can't be, she doesn't get to do that for that period of time. And, and it was just funny because I looked back and went, yeah, it, it's, it's another world that, that y'all think, <laughs> that you all think we're leaving. Because when she shows up on that red carpet, you think, oh, my gosh, she's such a lucky girl. And she is, but that, mm-hmm. it was 10 weeks of work. <laughs> so what that represented. Yeah, and the, what, yeah what's behind that, that glittery, you know, 20 minutes on the carpet or 10 minutes exactly. on the carpet, 10 weeks of work. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How old, how old were your kids when they started to get involved in this business? Oh, goodness. Um, I have three children, two boys and a girl, and who are now 27, 25, and 18. Um, so my two younger boys, the two boys are the oldest, and they were five and three when we began. Oh, and we, wow. Yeah, really little. We began, um, they were, um, it was it was a local, local yokel thing where the, um, the, um, person asked a friend of ours asked to do a photography situation with them and so I let them borrow it they loved it um we Mm. started with extra work um with them um because I didn't think that they would handle it I really thought that they were going to be exhausted and that wasn't going to be fun and I was working full-time so it it wasn't something I really wanted to do anyway um they were 
um, they liked it. They kept on with it. And, of course, not too long after they started doing extra work, um, they were – I had to end up joining the union. And that was the point when you go, okay, well, there's a lot of money, and I have to – you know, it's kind of a, a fork in the road. So we took the fork. They got regular agents, went to do principal work, and then they ended up all three having different careers. Um, the older one did a, small roles in feature films in a lot of theater, did a Shakespeare tour and some other things like that. The middle one did uh, over 100 national commercials. He was kind of the go-to red-haired, freckle-faced kid of his day. <laughs> um, and then had some, you know, well, there's always one. You know, there's always one. We call them character right. kids. He was a character kid. Yeah. Um, and he had a couple of recurrings on a couple of Disney shows, a Nickelodeon show, you know, just that kind of work. But his major work was commercials. And then my daughter actually had her first day of work when she was two weeks old because her oh brothers were already in. And the agents knew I was pregnant, <laughs> and and so her very first her very first day was you know, can she work for twenty minutes because she's and that's what we did. So we oh. she's been working since she was literally since she was born almost, um, and they and she ended up with a career that was much more about voiceover than than the other. So every kid had a different a different route. And then Paula, my co-founder in Biz Parents, her son was um, did quite a bit of theater, and he was on a soap for several years. So. Between our four children collectively, we really ended up with very different career paths from the four, and that really showed us that there isn't one way to do it. It it could end up there is not being what you thought. Yeah, it's just really really different. So yeah, our, and nowadays they're all grown up. My my oldest kid um, is working at an archivist, and he plays um, bass in in a couple of orchestras and bands. So he still has an artistic outlet. Uh, my middle son became a paratrooper. In um, and uh, went to Afghanistan and and uh, is out of the military now and is going to college. And then my daughter just started college and she left today for the Netherlands to um, study abroad. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> so so they're they're they've all all three of them have moved away from Hollywood, but I'm kind of guessing that they may come back on the other side of the camera at some point. Yeah. Well, just before I let you go, because you did have extremely young kids in this business, um, do you have any particular advice for parents of really, really young kids um, who've got big hopes that their kids will be actors? Any particular? Um, I think the big thing with little kids is is their um, attention span. You know, if they have, they Mm -hmm. have to have, they have to have that. I mean, it's it's. It, you know, people think that it's all about a look, and it starts out being all about a look, but um, but eventually they have to be able to read really, really well, um, have that attention span, and those are things that mom and dad can do without being in Hollywood. Um, you can nurture those skills outside, um, and I think it's really important that they go legit, that you find a real agent with a real manager, you know, and that you do those things in a normal way as opposed to uh, glittery way because as in pageants for instance i'm not a big fan of beauty pageants um and or talent competitions for the same reason because the fame on a little kid is much more intoxicating than it should be so there's more there's more danger i think with little kids and getting sucked into a false world and and not having mm-hmm. having the defense to to handle that well and really, all of us as parents want our kids to grow up and be happy, and, and we hope they'll, you know, go to college, own a business, do whatever you hope they're going to do as adults, and, and they probably are not going to do this business as adults. Very rare. So, That's 
good to bear in mind. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, you know, with child actors, that's that's what they do. They they are actors when they're children, and then they they change gears and they they want to do something else when they when they reach adulthood. So that's something that parents of child actors should be prepared for. I think it, right. it may they not continue. Exactly, and that they should be keeping that to the side, knowing that. You know, maybe your kid is really, maybe your kid's the one who's going to cure cancer. And do you want them, you know, thinking mm-hmm. around on, as an extra on a set somewhere if they're the one, who's gonna, you know, if they're the one who has some other gift that they could be giving to the world, you know? So, yeah, I think it's really important that they keep their education up and that they don't compromise on the other areas of their life when the kid's really small. I love that, man. That is really, really good advice. And thank you so much for talking hey. to us today. Well, thank you for um, asking. It's my great pleasure, you know, and, and for your incredible advocacy on behalf of, you know, families like mine. <laughs> Personally, thanking you. Um, everybody listening out there, you can find tons of incredible information for young actors at org, which is spelled B-I-Z-P-A-R-E-N-T-Z dot O-R-G. And you can also sign up for their quarterly newsletter. And thank you so much. Thank you, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on this podcast today. For a limited time, I'm offering my two online workshops, Preparing Your Child for Hollywood, and the more advanced, Helping Your Child Succeed in Hollywood, at a low introductory price. These workshops are invaluable resources for parents of young actors, whether you're actually aiming for Hollywood or just thinking about it. You can them on the workshops page of my website, hollywoodparentsguide.com, or just go to hollywoodparentsguide.com forward slash workshop. These low introductory prices are subject to change without notice, of course, so catch them now before they go up. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Bonnie Wallace of the Hollywood Parents Guide. Until next time, keep following your dreams.